to Human Dreaming. I'm your host, Britt Shefflin. Laura Suzanne Snell is a graduate of San Diego State University, where she received a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology. Additionally, she is a certified dream guide, lifelong student of parapsychology, certified clinical hypnotherapist, and Reiki master. She has written articles for Las Vegas Image Magazine and had a column featuring dream interpretation called In Your Dreams in Las Vegas Weekly. Laura is highly intuitive and empathetic, making her a natural for assisting others in discovering the deeper meanings of even the most bizarre or complex dreams. Additionally, she has written three books that we will discuss in this episode. She currently resides in Sedona, Arizona. Laura Suzanne, welcome to Human Dreaming. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I am actually in your dream group on Facebook that's called Dream Enthusiasts. That's how I found you. Um, So just for those who don't know, could you tell us a little bit more about how you got that started and what people can discover there? Well, originally I was advised to start the group as a way to get more clients. The graphic designer that did my business cards and my custom logo and my website and my landing page has suggested that. And that was a really good advice, and it has turned into so much more than that. What started out as an advertisement has turned into more of a tribe. It's a beautiful tribe. I mean, you have quite a few people in there. Several hundred, I believe? Over 700, yes. Yeah. Um And everybody is so kind and welcoming and helpful to each other. And I just, I love being in groups like that. And there's a lot of different perspectives, but I think that everybody is bringing to the table something that you do, which I really love, which is that you recognize that dream symbols are unique to the dreamer and that by learning your own unique symbology, you can really learn a lot about your own inner workings, your own subconscious, whatever perspective you want to come at it from. And I just love that about that group and and your work in particular. Yes, we've got all kinds of people in there, Uh, people that are new to dream studies. We've got people who've been studying dreams for 50 years. We've got doctors, poets, artists, a little bit of everything. Can you tell me a little bit more about exactly why you feel that personal symbology is so important with dreams? Well, everybody's different. It's not one size fits all, depending on what part of the world you're from, what your religious background is, uh, sometimes gender. Everyone's got different likes and dislikes. We've all got different memories. So uh, say you dreamed of a snake, for example. Some people are deathly afraid of snakes. Other people love snakes and have them as pets. So Mm. that's different. A rose to a gardener is work. To a Miss America contestant is the prize. Yeah, and we all come through our daily lives with different 
perspectives on symbolism, so it makes sense that it would be the same in dreams. I really like the snake analogy. That one's pretty visceral for a lot of people because people are going to react really strongly one way or the other. So for the person who has snakes for pets, it's going to have a more positive meaning than the person who is afraid of them. Sure. It's going to have more of a negative meaning. And also if the symbology relates more to you, you're more inclined to dig deeper, to stay with the dream, to try to extract meaning from it than to just shrug it off like, oh, that was a crazy dream. Let's look it up in the dream book and see what it means. Maybe it resonates, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I agree. And I've always had, I don't know about you, but I've had a difficult time when reading dream symbology books and they're kind of just laid out as one size fits all. That's kind of what led me down this path originally. There's some benefit. I have a small glossary on my website, just top 10 common dream themes Mm. and what they might mean. It's good good for thought. It's a good place to get started, but you certainly wouldn't want to stay there. I'll never forget, there was an episode on one of the Housewives shows, I don't remember which one it was, and they had this woman who was older than Moses, and she was the dream interpreter, and I wondered if she was even going to make it through the whole show. Mm. And she said, if you dream that your teeth fall, your dream your teeth fall out, it means that you're pregnant. Well, (laughs) what if you're a man? Mm. What if you're 90 years old? And I just thought that was so silly. I I agree, because certainly a lot of men do have teeth falling out dreams. (laughs) and they're not all pregnant they're not not all pregnant and maybe they're not even with women who might be pregnant you know exactly so to make it just such a blanket statement like that I thought was ridiculous yeah I do like that like a basic glossary because there are some themes that are really kind of common like the tooth falling teeth falling out for example is often an anxiety dream for example so that you're Uh right that is a really good starting point Speaking of which, you do have some really great resources, Um, uh, for example, that glossary, and then you have a book series and a guided dream journal, and I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Well, my book series is based on a column that I wrote for Las Vegas Weekly. I had the column for about two years, and I saved all of the entries, the Dear Laura And I made them into a book, or three books, actually. And I think my book is unique because I don't know if anybody else has based a dream book out of a magazine column with actual reader-submitted dreams. I think that is what makes mine unique. And then I've noticed that you also added a guided dream journal that is available to all of the members of the group. Yes, anybody who joins the Dream Enthusiast group, they can go to the files and download it and print out as many copies as they want and share it with their friends. Anybody that works with me privately gets downloads of my books and a copy of the Guided Dream Journal to use as they wish. And the purpose of the Guided Dream Journal is to get people, you've heard the expression, um, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for life. Yes. It's, that's kind of the same thought that's behind my guided dream journal. I include a sample dream, a breakdown of the dream, and then questions, journal prompts. What was the action in the dream? And this is what I think is really important to notice. Has the feeling from the dream changed from when you were having the dream to when you woke up to 
days or weeks later. And also, were you the active participant or the passive observer Mm -hmm. in the dream? So if somebody was a passive observer, what would that tell you about their dream? You're the passive observer. It's kind of like you're watching a movie play out, and you're really just the fly on the wall. You're not really doing much. You're just witnessing it. When you're the active participant, you're thinking critically. You're making decisions. You're taking action. You're really more present in the dream. Does that translate as, um, you know, like the way that their psychology is processing that information. So like if you're a passive observer with the dream, like do you think the dream would have something to do more with things that they are observing in their waking life or as opposed to something that they're like actively in the middle of like a drama or, you know, a family challenge or a health issue, that type of thing? It could be, and it's not necessarily a metaphor. There's drivers and passengers in life necessarily, but just noticing are you what your role is in the dream. You mm-hmm. know, because when you look at a dream, you want to look at who is in the dream, what is in the dream, and who is doing what. And if you're not doing anything, you're just standing back and watching the movie play out, that says a lot. Right. And it, it could be all of those things that you mentioned, but just noticing your role in the dream where you stand mm-hmm. and how and how you feel about that. Do you wish you could have been more active in the dream? One of the things that I noticed when I was reading your bio is that you studied psychology. And one of the things that I've heard from other friends who have studied psychology or become psychologists is that dreams aren't necessarily really deeply delved into in psychology. And so I'm wondering what you did learn from your studies and then also where else your curiosity was piqued and fulfilled in regards to dreams. You are correct about that. There was maybe one chapter on dreams, and I think it was pretty much maybe a little bit of Jung and a little bit of Freud. Very little about that. Uh, a bachelor's degree in general psychology, you don't really learn a whole lot. Just a little taste of everything. And I found it too restrictive, too confining. So <clears throat> I decided that was not the road that I wanted to take. And I began to delve into more parapsychology, metaphysical alternatives. I became certified in hypnosis. I wanted to learn more about the subconscious mind. And then I took a dream certification course, read more dream books, and really started delving into it more. Yeah. And then did you find that the dream certification course answered all of your questions, or do you feel like it it opened up your horizon and actually had you come to more curiosity and more questions? It did answer a lot of the questions. It did give me more of a foundation to build on, and it was definitely a worthwhile experience. And then, of course, there's always more to learn. Certainly there is. It's never-ending. I feel like every time, not every time I have a dream, but at least almost daily, there's something where somebody will tell me about a dream or there's an aspect of a dream that I've had that I've never come across before or never considered before. 
and it's always just kind of a never expanding journey, an ever expanding journey rather, into learning. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, the, yes, this uh, certification, the dream certification course, really did uh, spur me on to go further. I started writing about dreams. I started. It got the columns and the books. Then, could I do this? actually do this as a career that it really I would have never thought that something like that was possible yeah so is that your main career these days is focusing on the dreams or are you doing hypnosis or I do a little bit of everything I I love to write I love working with people on their dreams I'm a Reiki master I do a lot of that I do animal communication I've always been very intuitive and I do notice that animals do appear a lot in dreams. That's something you definitely want to notice about what animals are showing up in your space and in your dreams. Yeah, animals have so much to teach us. And then when you say animal communication, do you feel like you have a connection with them in waking life in terms of being able to communicate with them? Yes, I do. I realized I've always been intuitive. I realized that I had that gift to communicate with animals in 1994. I did want to ask you if you dream journal daily. Is that something? I know that you provided the dream journal for other people, but is that something you do daily or infrequently? Yes. Like, what's your and I use my, I practice what I preach. I use my own method. I, I journal daily if I have a dream. Maybe five days out of seven I'll remember my dream sometimes I'm the cats wake me up and I'm in a hurry to get out the door in the morning or you know something distracts me so I might not remember but the days that I remember the first thing I do is record my dream in some way shape or form and get back to it and go through the steps and can you just walk me through a little bit of like what your dream journal looks like like what do you do first and then what are the next steps um, I write down the content, I identify the people in the dream, if I'm in a, where I am in the dream, if I'm in a house, if I'm outside somewhere, if there's any elements in the dream, um, just colors, and numbers, anything that stands out, the feeling in the dream, what I was doing in the dream, if anything, and then I'll give the dream a title and I'll put the date. I like to do a summary every couple of months and just go through and see what and who is standing out uh, showing up most in the dream if I've dreamed of fire seven times or snake seven times in the last three months patterns yeah I saw that you did that breakdown recently and I thought that was really interesting um it's not something I had considered doing before, but I really like that to see what themes are happening. It helps a lot to see the patterns. And one thing I've noticed, um, almost like women who's men that live together or work together, their menstrual cycles will synchronize. Yeah. It seems like that happens with our dream enthusiast group. I remember last August, everybody was dreaming of cats. I'm not sure how long you've been in the group, but you may have noticed that you'll see a lot of people posting and I'm not talking about necessarily like COVID, you know, cause that's what's on everybody's mind right now. But you might notice in a particular week, you see 20 posts about drums 
or something like that. Like, why is everybody dreaming about this? I really think that somehow reading and discussing the dreams of others seems to kind of synchronize. It makes me curious if you've ever had a similar dream of somebody that you're sleeping in the same room with, or like you said, it could even be like the group, like people are all over the world. And if you've ever had that experience, you know, in physical proximity or just energetic proximity, like with the group where you kind of have a similar, almost same dream as somebody. Oh, like a shared dream? Yes, Mm -hmm. that has happened with close friends. I used to happen with my best friend and I when we were kids a lot. And there are people from all over the world in our dream enthusiast group and there is a lot of uh some of the ladies i've gotten really close with and sometimes we'll private message each other and oh hey i had that same dream or very very close to it so we are all connected and i just see a lot of evidence of that in our group the synchronicities and earlier in the year a lot of people were dreaming about cars going off cliffs in our dream enthusiast group it's interesting to notice that it seems, there seems to be the parallel that happens a lot. And when I throw, I've thrown that question out a few times about, you know, let's do a dream summary. What have you been dreaming about the most? And people share that. I'm going to have to go through my dreams and, and summarize, <laughs> see if there are any themes. I really like that exercise. Um, for pattern and then yeah. what, you're, what you're dreaming about the most. So, and what's obviously what your subconscious wants to work out. Exactly. To show you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I pay attention, like, really, especially to recurring dreams, because to me, a recurring mm-hmm. dream is something that, like, you're not catching on to the first time. So it keeps happening until you pay attention to it. But I didn't think about checking, you know, recurring themes, which is kind of the same thing. Like, if, you know, it's coming up again and again in a certain way. Also, another good indicator of something to really pay attention to. Absolutely. So with your dream journaling and and getting all of that great information that you're pulling out of it, I'm curious, um, how do you apply the knowledge that you extract from your dreams to your waking life? After doing my journal exercises and sitting with the dream and then looking back over the course of the dreams I've had that week and, or the week before and seeing if there's any connection, I'll think about, okay, what was I doing yesterday or the day before? Who was I hanging around with? What were we discussing? What was I watching and listening to? And then I'll also notice that sometimes, and you've probably had this experience as well, you'll dream about something and then you'll see something that next day that reminds you of it maybe you're you see a red car that looks like the one you saw in your dream or something that you see in your waking life will trigger a memory of your dream so Mm -hmm. I look for synchronicities and connections that way too that makes me curious if you are much of a predictive dreamer I think so. I've seen a lot of dreams, and I can kind of tell what which dreams are premonitions, as I tend to dream more in color, where normally my dreams are black and white, where one color will stand out, kind of like a film noir, where it's black and white, and then there's, you know, a red rose or something. But when my dreams are all in vivid color, that lets me know that it's a precognitive dream. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. 
Um, I don't think I have ever dreamt in black and white that I can recall. Um, I feel like they're, they're almost always in technicolor, but that's so cool. So you have a, a really good indicator of something that's predictive or precognitive. Yeah, I can tell. And, and the dreams that really stay with you they're in, when they're in color and they stay with me, sometimes I'm not sure what it is that I'm dreaming about, but then I'll find out later that it's a precognitive dream. And I get a lot of information and sometimes it's very easy to just dismiss what you see in a dream because you just don't want to deal with it or you're not ready to deal with it. But your dreams are always telling you things. Absolutely. Who you can trust, um, situations to avoid, Mm -hmm. and things to embrace. Sometimes your decisions can be made in a dream. Sometimes big life decisions and sometimes small decisions like buying a phone. I posted on Facebook one night, should I get the iPhone or the Android? And it was about 50-50. I, I was just taking a poll. And that night I had a dream that I was at the T-Mobile store and I was looking at phones. And a woman who looked a lot like me handed me the S8, the phone that I have now. And I said, should I get the S8 or the S8 Plus? And she said, oh, don't get the S8 Plus. You won't like it. Here, try this one. And I held the phone. And I said, well, yeah, I think I like this one. And the next day I went in and bought it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it worked out well for you. Mm-hmm. I still got it. <laughs> Four years later. That's fun. Wow, that's like a very literal predictive dream. I love it. And I also saw, um, I was in one of those kind of torn between two lovers situations. And, you know, do you want to go back to the one or go forward? And it was a dream kind of showing me if you go back with the ex, this is how it will play out. If you move forward with the new guy, this is how it will play out. And I actually featured that in my your dreams of sex love and romance okay yeah i saw the cover for that one today that sounds really intriguing yeah and uh it was really interesting how how the dream just kind of gave me confirmation of what i needed to know that i did end up marrying the other man and um just a lot of times when i was dating i would see things about the person i remember there was one situation where a guy wasn't really sure about we were at a picnic in the dream, and we were he was sitting down at a picnic table, and the table was full, and I was standing behind him holding a plate of food, and there was nowhere for me to sit, and he never turned around and acknowledged me, and then we ended up breaking up soon after that, so I think the dream was telling me that there's no room at the table, there's no room for me in his life. That's an- another pretty, pretty literal analogy there, I like that. I'm curious if your dreams have always been that literal or if you, because you practice and dream journal so much, if they kind of became more that way. They can be like puzzles sometimes. Like the current situation, um, I moved to Sedona last year and I'm renting a house and I've had some cryptic, cryptic dreams about my landlord and they took a little bit of, you know, time to work through, but they kind of showed me some, some things about him. Well, hopefully that works out for the best. Yeah, it, it kind of gave me a heads up. They yeah. weren't necessarily the most positive dreams, but it was kind of FYI. Mm-hmm. Curveball come and be prepared. I love that about dreams, that how good they are of building new neural pathways so that you can be ready for, for events to come. 
And visitation dreams um, from departed loved ones and, you know, traveling to other dimensions in your dreams. And I love the uh, celebrity dream. Like where The bigger the celebrity, the bigger the message. I can't say that I've had them like that for myself, but that's something I will pay attention to. So who have you dreamt about? I've had a lot of celebrity dreams. I featured one in my... Like, I remember once I had a dream about Donald Sutherland, and he's been, you know, an older gentleman, and he's been in, you know, his career has been, what, you know, 50 years, something mm-hmm. like that, and he's made many movies, and he's been up, and he's been down in his career, and uh, I remember he was kind of telling me about, yeah, about life, kind of, you know, sometimes you go through your good, your good times and your bad times, and it was kind of just very philosophical, I was like, oh, okay, and I figured someone like him would probably know. And then I had another dream that Jack Nicholson and his entourage showed up unannounced. And I was really flustered. The house wasn't clean and I hadn't gone shopping and I didn't have... They were asking for really odd libations and just things that I didn't have. And I was getting really, oh, I'm so sorry. And he grabbed me by the arm in my dream. I could feel his hand grabbing my arm and he said, hey... Don't ever apologize for who you are, especially not in your own goddamn house. Oh wow, that's a Couldn't great you message. See him saying something like that—that's <laughs> a great message. I love it. I know, and he like grabbed my arm and just so forcefully. Hey, I mean that just—you know—you can't handle the truth. You know, you just—I could just totally see him doing something like that. And uh. he was—I think he was telling me to have better boundaries and you know because they've arched in on me and you so. you can't prepare for something you're not expecting <laughs> exactly so I think that was kind of him you know I was dealing with boundary issues at that, that time so I think he was kind of telling me oh I love that dream that's a good one yeah it was very affirming and you had asked earlier um if there was one that ever altered the course I believe. Uh, that was the question I was just about to ask you. So you it's talk about synchronicity. <laughs> yeah. The, have you ever had a dream that altered or changed the course of your life that was like, you know, just particularly profound in some way? Yes. And I shared this one with a lot of people at the IASD conference, the one that I went to a few years ago before COVID. And this dream, I was wondering, I had just gotten my books ready for publication I think I might have had a few maybe they weren't all out maybe one was out and two were still in the works or can I do this should I do this am I wasting my time is this going to be successful for me not a lot of doubts and I had a dream that I went skydiving and I've never skydived in my life and in the dream the parachute the plane doors just opened and I took a running jump and leaped and I knew exactly how to land where to land it was like I'd been skydiving my whole life and when I I landed in the water it didn't even splash the parachute fanned out behind me and it was a very graceful landing and even my outfit the outfit and the parachute everything was color coordinated my hair didn't get messed up it was just so graceful and natural that something I've never done before was effortless mm-hmm. and I think that was telling me that even if you're not really sure what you're doing you can take that step and you'll just know what to do 
So did you end up doing skydiving or something else that you didn't know that you uh, were capable of doing after that? Well, it's it's um, given me the courage to do a lot of things, like publish the dream book, start the website, start the uh, group, go in that direction. The courage to pick up after almost 27 years in Las Vegas and move to Sedona, Arizona, not knowing anyone, just doing it. Yeah. In a pandemic. I mean, I really feel like that parachute dream was very life-affirming. Gosh, what a feeling, and you can still remember it years later. Oh, it was crazy. I remember I was heading towards the mountains, and I said, oh, no, I'm going to hit the mountains. I don't want to land in the water, but if I don't land in the water, I'm going to crash into the mountain. And I just kind of tugged on the uh, string, whatever, and kind of just adjusted it. And then I said, oh, there's no sharks over here. This is a safe place to land. Well, how would I know that? (laughs) (laughs) I guess you could see them from above. (laughs) Yeah, I think there was an element of lucidity there because I could kind of control it. And, oh, I don't want to get wet. And it was like, even though I landed in the water, I never really felt like I got wet. The water didn't splash. I didn't get tangled up in the parachute. It all just kind of went behind me and found out. It was very graceful. And I never looked down. When the plane doors opened, I just ran mm-hmm. and jumped. I didn't look down. And, you know, when people skydive, they look down and <laughs> they get kind of the stomach lurches. And yeah. Um, there was none of that. No hesitation. You briefly mentioned um, an element of lucidity in it, and I'm curious if you are a an occasional lucid dreamer, or do you intentionally try to lucid dream? There are some people in the group that that's, they're just hardcore lucid dreamers, mm-hmm. and I just let my dreams be what they are, um, but when they are lucid, I will definitely go with it. That's pretty much my perspective, too. I, I look at them like the dreams as they are that are, are coming up from the subconscious is information from our subconscious to the conscious mind, whereas lucidity is a collaboration between the two. Mm-hmm. And so they're, t- they're for two very different purposes. And while I absolutely love when I do have lucid dreams, I find that I still have a lot of digging around in my subconscious to do so I primarily still try to work with the regular sleep dreams our dreaming selves just know so much it's kind of amazing what they do know I've talked a lot about this before but just kind of a brief update for you is that I used to be a really vivid predictive dreamer but I didn't know anything about dreams at the time but I kept a very intricate dream journal and I, would, I had a period of years where I was having so many predictive dreams, and then they would come true that it really freaked me out <laughs> because I didn't understand anything about dreams at the time. So I stopped dream journaling and just kind of oh, stopped wow. paying attention to them altogether until, you know, it came back into my life and the subconscious mind came back into my life. But I am still blown away about the predictive dreams that I had and the predictive dreams that I still very rarely have now. But the kind of accuracy, because I tend to be like way more science-minded and not metaphysical, but there's absolutely no denying that 
it's really hard to explain it scientifically, like how I dreamed about my family before I ever left Alaska and moved to L.A. Like, how did I know that my partner and child would exist and that I would live in L.A.? And that was like inconceivable to me at the time. While I, I really tend to look at things from a more scientific and neuroscience perspective, it, it never ceases to amaze me how there are still so many unexplainable and incredible things that happen in dreams. And we really do need both. I'm glad that we have some doctors and some scientists in the group because we need that balance. If we go too far to one side, the metaphysical side, or too far to the science side, it's good that we have a good blend of that. I agree. And everybody has something really valuable to bring to the table. And that's another thing I appreciate about it. So are you now realizing that your predictive dreams are gifts and tools that can help you? Oh, yeah. I look at it as exactly that, like practice for things to come at, you know, that come ahead. There was an article recently, I believe somebody posted it in one of the dream groups, but it was about from a neuroscientist about how when we're in our dreams, like time and space kind of don't exist the same way they do. Oh, I think Christian posted that. I yeah, he's so. a professor at Sonoma State, so he posts a lot of uh, science-based articles. That, Yeah, I really believe that because I've had dreams, experiences where I've found myself in other dimensions of consciousness that there's just no way to explain that. I'm sure you have as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have so many past life experiences, but a lot of people in, in my group, the human dreaming group have posted full on like past life experiences, uh, you know, with really intricate details about the types of clothing that they're wearing and their defensive gear and like what types of crops they were farming. And it's just mind blowing to me that people have the ability to access all of that. Yes, and you can also visit other other time periods. You could sit on a park bench and have a discussion with Benjamin Franklin. You could be in other than human form. I experienced not it being something other than human in a dream. I'm not exactly sure what I was, but I did not look like hum- a human. And I was feeling my hands and my face and going, okay, this is me, but what am I? Yeah. <laughs> um, just feeling, I remember once um, feeling like I was getting pulled, sucked into like a vortex, and I could feel myself being pulled, and I had to wake myself up, yeah, and I've, there's been times I've woken up on the floor, and or hanging off the bed, like how did, I'm sure you've had some more experiences to that too. Yeah, I don't think I've, well, I did sleepwalk one time as an adult, and that was interesting, but I haven't had too many other experiences where my physical body has ended up out of place. I think I tend to be a fairly still sleeper, but yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, or waking up with scratches or just things like that that you just can't explain. Yeah, I do agree um, that you can transcend the time-space continuum absolutely in your dream. That was one of the best scientific articles, scientific-minded articles that I've read in a while, and it really kind of opened up a lot of uh, possibility in my mind. I really do like to read those kind of articles, too. Yeah, it's like the assemblage point, like where they kind of cross over each other, like a Venn diagram, you know, where the metaphysical and the scientific 
start to overlap. And the one validates the other. I, I like that. If you could create a, a public service announcement in any format that the whole world would see, that could be commercial, a billboard, anything else that you can imagine, like something that you could just put out to the whole world, what would that look like? I kind of feel like I'm already doing that with my books and my journal and my dream group and dreams are gifts. It's like somebody's handing you a gift bag. Look inside. You know, there's there's a treasure in there. Mm. And dreams aren't just, oh, that's such a crazy dream. They're, no, it's, it's more than that. It's a gift. It's a tool. It's a message. It's like a letter from a friend. There's so many things that, and a lot of people just don't take the time to explore their dreams. They just laugh them off like, oh, that was just weird, some weird movie in my mind. And I would love for people to embrace that. It's just so much more than that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And of course, of course, I feel the same way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I tend to think of it like it would be like if we just ignored um, you know, so we do like a spend one third of our life sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. It would be like if we ignored all of the times that we were eating and drinking water as if they didn't count and that it was just something that was like an aside that you have to do and you're just shut off during that time. Our sleeping life is just as important as our waking life, I think is the, the shorter way of saying that. Well, one gift that this pandemic may have brought Well, too, actually, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that life is short and what am I doing? This has given everybody a chance to reevaluate. Am I where I want to be? Am I doing what I want to do? A lot of people have moved and, you know, changed careers. Um, But I think because of the freedom to work from home, not to have to commute to work, a lot of people are getting to sleep more and, uh, like, Deidre in our group who wrote The Pandemic Dream, mm-hmm. she, it was just a, um, for a very brief period of time, she just collected a lot of pandemic dreams, and people are really now starting to pay attention a little bit more. They're getting more REM sleep, and they're having more dreams, so that is maybe waking people up to their dreams a little bit. Pulling the gifts out of the, the difficulties, I like that. Is there anything else that you would like to add, anything else that you would like people to know about you or your work or anything else at all well sure I would like to let people know that I am available to work privately as a dream coach or do small group classes I did a four-part class last summer on my book series and intro to dreaming and how to keep a journal and then uh, one class based off of each of my books I would be willing to put that class on again and I would like to invite people to join Dream Enthusiasts and download the journal, read my books, invite their friends, join our wonderful tribe. I would highly encourage all of that as well. They're available on Amazon and Smashwords and iTunes. It's um, the In Your Dreams book series, author named Laura Suzanne, and I have three titles, Your Dreams of Sex, Love, and Romance, Money, Luck, and Success, and Welcome to Your Nightmares. Wonderful. I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes so people can find it easily. Other than that, I really appreciate you taking the time today. And it's been such a joy to finally 
get to digitally meet you and um, I very much enjoyed our conversation and perhaps we will get to do this again one day. That would be wonderful and thank you so much. I've enjoyed it too. We will talk again soon and everybody be sure to check out the links in the show notes to find all of the dream enthusiast goodness. We are supported by Human Dreaming, the dynamics of dream interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes & Noble website, or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.